Hi, Melissa. Hi, Ari. I am so excited to have you on your second episode of Startup Life Uncensored, talking about something that you and I talk about all the time, and we've both agreed that not enough people are talking about this. Yeah, not at all, which is why here we are. We're going to talk all about it today. All the stuff that no one wants to talk about, and that is the idea of navigating job changes while you are pregnant, which, let's be honest, I feel like most people are like, don't do it, you're crazy, and you have such a unique experience of actually going through that a couple years ago, and the fact that your adorable daughter, Zoe, is two now probably means you have an even more intense or different outlook on that process. So I'm just really excited to get your take on it. There was definitely a lot of learning pre-motherhood and post-motherhood that I'm excited to share with everyone today. Awesome. So just to get us started, do you mind giving us like the high level Cliff Notes version of what that transition process was like for you? When I found out I was expecting Zoe, it was actually not exactly planned. My husband and I were trying, but we didn't realize we would get pregnant that early on. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was actually in the midst of conversations with another company. So obviously that changed a lot of things. It shifted a lot of different priorities that initially weren't as important, such as compensation and growth opportunities and stability. And And I decided I want to disclose that to the company I was interviewing for. And it was very serendipitous that at the time, at my current company, we were a part of a book club that I believe you were also a part of. And at the time, the book we were reading was Lean In. And I just remember there was a chapter that left the biggest impression on me. And it was a chapter that Cheryl talked about where she was in an interview with a marketing manager. And she just got a sense during that interview that something was off. And she decided to go with a hunch. And as a woman was walking out, she said to the woman right as she hit the door, if you're thinking about getting pregnant and you think this could potentially be an obstacle, let's talk. But if not, let's forget I ever said anything. And that woman stopped. She turned around and she said, let's talk. So I just remember feeling really, really inspired about that because the whole lesson was you want to come back to a job that you're really excited about. You just went through a huge life change. So in order to leave your newborn baby, you should be really passionate and thrilled about the place you're going back to. So I was really inspired inspired by that chapter. So I decided to do a leap of faith and tell the hiring manager at the time that I was, I believe, six weeks pregnant. And I just wanted to know that the company that I was going to was going to be fully supportive. And if they weren't, that that was okay, but I didn't need to uproot my life and my family to go to this opportunity. And when I told him the news, literally, he was so ecstatic for me that it was the reaction I needed to hear. And it gave me a lot of confidence to pursue that opportunity, knowing that he was supportive and also the company that I was going to join was supportive too. And let's talk about the fact that you were not only disclosing that information, but I am also curious if there was any sort of like hesitancy or extra anxiety because you were disclosing it to a man as opposed to a woman. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think in normal circumstances, I probably would have been, but the guy who was my hiring manager was actually also my mentor at the time. So I knew that regardless of what the end outcome would be, that we would still have our personal relationship and there was a level of comfortability there. But yeah, I literally didn't have any hesitations about disclosing because I was so excited about expecting our first kid. And I just thought to myself, I don't want to be hiding this. Like, why do I need to hide this? I'm super excited and it shouldn't be this deep, dark secret. So I want to share. And I did. And it ended up having a very positive outcome, which is why 
know, I've been sharing this story continuously because I recognize that there's a lot of women in the same boat that are scared to disclose this because of fear of whatever the consequences or ramifications or stigma may be. So whenever I get an opportunity to share something on the positive end of the spectrum to highlight that there are situations and scenarios where it could work out, where you can have career and family, I want to share it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you're so open about sharing your experience with that, because I think a lot of people are so terrified that like, that's not even a possibility. And let's also talk about the fact that when a woman is finding out she's pregnant, assuming it was planned or that they were trying, it's supposed to be the most exciting time in their life. Yet when they're trying to navigate career things or the rule about BS rule about not telling people until the end of the first trimester. It blows my mind because it's like all of a sudden the biggest news of your life is a burden in the workplace or it's like a big secret. And I know from my perspective, and if I remember correctly from yours too, when we both found out that we were pregnant early on, we were like, screw the rule. This is like the most exciting times in our life. We're not screaming from the rooftops, but you got to share it with your people. Yeah. More power to the people who keep that secret for, for 12 weeks, 14 weeks, however many weeks. Uh, literally we told some of our closest friends the second we found out we were pregnant because we were just so excited. And I know sometimes things don't always work out the way that it should, but we also thought from the perspective of, man, if it does go a different way, I want to have a support system of people to kind of lean on and not just hold that entire weight ourselves between Jess and I. Yeah. I mean, obviously I can speak from experience there. You know, when we first found out we were pregnant in 2018, I remember Aaron, my husband was like, I don't know if we should tell people. And I was like, sorry, I'm telling everyone. (laughs) I'm really good at keeping people's secrets. I'm really bad at keeping my own. And so I told a lot of people. And then when we had our miscarriage, I remember Aaron was like, are you mad you told people? And I said, absolutely not. The outpouring of love and support is what got me through it. And then when we got pregnant a second time in 2019, he said, are you going to tell people again? And I said, yeah, maybe a few less people, but I still want to tell people. Well, I ended up telling like all the same people. And then when we had the second miscarriage, it was the same thing. That love and support got me through it. And I also didn't want to assume something negative was going to happen. I didn't want to take away the idea of celebrating because there's a chance something wrong could happen. I wanted to celebrate no matter how long that process was. It's like, why spend that time being depressed when it could be a celebration? So now here we are eight months pregnant and everyone and their mother knows that we're pregnant and God forbid something happens, we're going to have an incredible support system. So here we are there. That's like my version of your telling your future boss that you're pregnant. And then also something came up where that I wanted to chat with you about when it comes to interviews. And I know your experience was different because you were working with your mentor. Um, A lot of people say, don't mention in an interview that you're pregnant or don't even allude to the fact that you're trying to get pregnant because they're going to know and they're not going to want to hire you. And I wanted to share my experience with that and get your opinion on that as well. I think I had mentioned to you a while ago at one of my last companies during the interview process, I said, you know, I'd like to see a comprehensive list of your benefits. And 
the person I was interviewing with was a man and he's like, well, what benefits are you looking for? And I was not going to say it. I was like, you know, just like more in depth than what you post online. And he's like, we normally don't send this out, but I'll send it to you. And I was like, great. Sent it to me. Didn't mention anything in the comprehensive packet. Of course not. Nothing in there about parental leave. And I was like, screw it. I'm just going to take the job and hopefully it, it's good. I get the job and after a month find out that their maternity leave was four weeks and I was shocked and if I had known that I probably wouldn't have taken the job. It blew my mind and part of me feels like if I did mention that I wanted to get pregnant I may not have even gotten the job but I should have asked and I regret not asking but I'd love to get your take on, you know, what advice you would give to women who are kind of in the same boat. I kind of equated to negotiation and asking for what you want. And if starting a family is in your foreseeable future, I'm not a proponent of shying away from that because I think the more we do that, the more we perpetuate the cycle of, well, I don't want to say anything because I want to be painted with a certain perception of, oh, she's not going to be committed because she's already thinking about starting a family. And then it just becomes this repeat cycle versus the all honesty is, you know, you deserve a right to know that. And it's part of their comprehensive benefits package is similar to when people ask me about, well, what's the PTO policy? What's the sick day policy? What's the work from home policy now that we're all working remotely? And I think that's fair game. And I know if someone had asked me what the maternity leave policy would be, I would be happy to share what it was at my current company and also be just so pumped that someone is willing to be that open and, and share aspects of their life with me. But I obviously also know that it might be uncomfortable for people. So I guess my advice to women is, you know, what feels right, right? That's genuine and also a bit of your authentic self. And if you truly don't feel comfortable, like do some reflection to think about, well, is it more about how I want to be perceived or is it more about my concerns about this company, yeah. which don't ignore those flags, I would say, those concerns, because usually your gut is correct. Totally. And on top of that, I think if someone is interviewing at a company that they're hoping to stay at for a while, if they were to not hire you because at some point you plan on having a family, chances are it's not a company that you're going to want to work for anyways. Right. Not a company you want to stay with long term. Totally. The next thing I want to talk about, we were actually chatting right before we started recording. I know you've got a lot to talk about when it comes to mom guilt. I specifically want to ask about after Zoe was born, you were a brand new mom. And at the same time, you were kind of still a new employee. So you had pressure all around. And I'm curious to know how you kind of navigated, prioritized, and either did or did not balance it well. Oh my gosh, those first couple of months, in all honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. And I just remember advice that someone had given me before, which was the birth of your first child is the birth of two different people, your first child and your new identity as a mom. Right. and throw in working mom at that there there was just so many pieces of it that I had to figure out I think in my mind when I went back to work I, I thought I could just slot back in to old Mel old manager Mel where I'm like without skipping a beat I thought I had something to improve too that I'm back and I could just get back in the groove of things and I just remember feeling so overwhelmed that first week because here it felt like I was in a time warp where 
I was gone for four months. And then when I came back, everything was different. Right. Yet I was still in this past version of the company. And I was trying to keep up to date with everything that had transpired at the same time, keeping up with my new schedule, a new pumping schedule as well. So I just remember having this moment where I was locked in uh, the pumping room at, at our office, just going breathe, breathe. <laughs> and I pride myself in being pretty adaptable, but it was honestly a lot. And I didn't really have my aha moment until I was catching up with one of my coworkers at my company and she was congratulating me on the birth of Zoe. And she asked this, this question that just shook me, that literally just shook me. So now that you're back in the office, what's the plan to gradually, you know, integrate you back into the workforce? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? And she's like, well, what's the transition plan? Because obviously you've been gone for a couple of months. So how are they slowly integrating you back? I said, what do you mean slowly? I'm just you know, working my normal hours and jumping right back into it. And she's like, really? But from that point on, I mean, that conversation changed me. And I started thinking about, yeah, I mean, is this expectation for me to jump right back in something that I'm putting on myself or is this something that other people expected me? Mm -hmm. So what that initiated was a conversation that I had with my boss. And then I realized that a lot of those pressures were driven by me mm -hmm. and people understood that, Hey, Mel's been gone for about four months and it's okay if she's not up to speed with everything. And it was just a great reminder of like, it's okay to ask for help and also advocate for the things that you need. So from that point forward, I felt more comfortable after we had that conversation to talk about, okay, well, I need a schedule that will accommodate my pumping. Yeah. And then I also need to leave at a certain point because I need to get home to Zoe. Um, Cause my mom at the time was taking care of her. And even though she's great help and it's family here helping, I didn't want to kind of abuse that and like come home at 6 PM every day. Mm -hmm. So it was an adjustment. And honestly, a lot of it was just stepping on landmines and just figuring out what worked, but it was such a whirlwind Ari. And I, I can't wait until you experience this because it's just, this indescribable experience that only women in the motherhood world will understand because there's just so many elements to it. It's like all these emotions that you're going to feel all at once. And some days you're super happy and you're looking at this little nugget going like, oh my God, I can't believe I brought this person into the world. And then there's other days where you just want to lock yourself in a closet, roll up in a ball and go like, please, I just need 10 minutes to myself. Totally, totally. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I love that that coworker kind of shook you out of that to realize that you were putting that pressure on yourself. I also know that actually the last company you and I both worked for together, um, if I'm not mistaken, they put something in place that I actually haven't really heard of a lot of companies doing. And that is after their parental leave, they have an integration plan. I don't know if it's like an additional three or so weeks, but it's like, as soon as the mother comes back from maternity leave, they don't just jump back in. It's like there's a strategic plan in place where they come back working part-time and then it's a little bit more. And then after three or so weeks, they're back into it. And I thought that was so brilliant. And part of me is- Great idea. Your experience too. It's like you kind of had to create that for yourself. I, I just wish other companies had that as part of their plan. Well, hopefully now with us sharing these stories, more companies will jump on board because that actually reminded me of a book that I read 
prior to going back to work and it was called the third option mm. and it was literally created by this woman who was experiencing the same dilemma where she was initially working full-time and then she went on maternity leave and once her maternity leave was over she was not ready to go back mm. yet right because she wanted to spend more time with her baby but at the same time, she felt this guilt about needing to go back to work and also honestly liked work, but just wasn't ready at that time. So she just thought, okay, my two options are I either go back to work or I quit and be a full-time mom. So she quit. And then she was very, very fixated on figuring out a third option for moms. And she actually created a company where it was very similar to what you described, where she created a program for women to slowly transition back to the workforce by doing part-time work first. That's and true. I think she created partnerships with companies to allow women these opportunities so that they didn't have to choose and it didn't have to be so black and white. Because that's actually another piece of the stories that I've heard from a lot of women where, you know, their maternity leave is what is designated by the state, if you're lucky, or by your company, also if you're lucky but sometimes that time isn't enough. And who really decides like to timestamp 12 weeks, this is your maternity leave. At the time, pre-Zoe, I thought, oh, that's probably sufficient amount of time. But no, when I was going through it, I was like, this is not, this flew by so quickly. And I think we could retain more women in the workforce if there was more of these programs that you described at the last company that we're a part of, or, you know, this book that this woman talked about, a third option. It doesn't have to be so black and white. We, why do we have to choose career yeah. or family? Why can't there be some type of hybrid blend where we could have both? I mean, that's the dream, 100%. And it's interesting because I assume, and maybe I'm wrong, I assume one of the reasons why people say don't mention family leave or pregnancy during an interview is because companies might have this misconception that you're just going to go there, get pregnant, and then after maternity leave, quit. And I think that the likelihood of that happening, just like you said, is going to be higher if there's no integration plan after. So it's almost like companies are shooting themselves in the foot by not putting a little bit more thought behind this. Yeah, hopefully that's going to be the new state of companies where they're more progressive and thinking from this perspective, because nowadays women attribute it to more than 50% of the workforce. So you have to imagine that they got to be thinking about something like this. And if they don't, then you and I, we can talk about a whole other conversation about a business idea we should partake in. I know. I think we have a whole spreadsheet of ideas at this point. <laughs> so I know you touched on this a little bit, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you were helping either men or non-parents get an a better understanding of what your needs were at the time of, you know, being a new mom and navigating work. I know you talk about pumping at work, but what were some of those conversations like? Honestly, some of them were obviously a little uncomfortable, not necessarily for me, but for the recipient, because for some of some of the people that I was conversing with, some of them aren't parents and then some of them were male and they're not familiar with this and the whole concept of talking about pumping schedules with their direct report can make probably a lot of people cringe. Yeah. But I found that the more I talked about it, the more it gave me confidence to talk about it and open up. So it no longer became a big deal to me. And I can't tell you how many times at at work, the pumping room that I used was actually on a different floor. It was on the eighth floor where all the engineers and technical people were because that was the larger nursing room. So I would always go up there and it would always be preoccupied. 
oftentimes my engineer in there taking a little bit of a snooze. So I can't tell you how comfortable I got at just knocking bang on the door. And the second they open it going like, I need a pump. And that would just cause that person to hightail out there they were so quickly. You could have just been like, my boobs are leaking. Can you get out, please? Yeah. <laughs> I did so many variations of that. Of like, I need a pump or I need milk for my baby. Or what are you doing in there? Because I need this room more than you. Oh, and I got really, really comfortable with that. And then I found a crew of other moms who also were encountering the same problem. So we would look out for each other, uh, slack each other and say like, hey, the room's free now. I don't know what your pump schedule is, but you should go in now. Or we'll slack each other and say like, hey, are you using the nursing room right now? Oh, it's not you? Fair game now. I'm going to bang on this door. <laughs> and ask the one to get out. And I love that. And also, I just have to say the fact that you had a network of other moms there that you can like team up with that must have been so so nice because a lot of the smaller companies who are maybe just navigating parental leave and benefits there might just be one new mom there and I'm, I'm so glad that you had the experience of having this little power team yeah we had a little group of us ironically there was I think four of us in total that had due dates around the same time which meant that we came back also around the same time so we had each other's back and it was definitely more empowering because there's strength in numbers so I felt very empowered to have these conversations and then once I got back into the groove of work I mean obviously results speak louder than words Right. So you could have these conversations about flexible schedule and advocating for yourself. But I think I also proved that I was able to still adhere to the responsibilities of my role with different hours, a different working life than what it looked like prior to Zoe. And I think that gave confidence too. And that gave myself confidence where I'm like, I could do this. Maybe my working day looks a little different. Yeah, maybe I do clock out at four, but I also spend time after when Zoe goes to bed and put in the work to make sure that nothing else is compromised work-wise. Yeah. And that became my brand, my perception. Yeah. I love that. I think that a lot of companies, and we've talked about this before, are really big on FaceTime, which is my like least favorite thing. Like sitting in a chair till 9 p.m doesn't mean you're being productive. You know what I mean? So yeah. I am curious. I mean, obviously you were really fantastic at, about, you know, speaking up and, and saying what your needs were. Did you ever have those moments where you felt like when you left at 4 p.m., all eyes were on you? Yeah, a little bit, for sure. The first couple of weeks, it was a little uncomfortable for me because old me would be the one that would stay in the office as long as I wanted to. And sometimes I also like the social engagement where it was not uncommon for me to find coworkers and we'll just be shooting the crap yep. until 6 p.m. But yeah, it honestly was a little bit uncomfortable. But then once I kept doing it and realizing that, hey, maybe people aren't all eyes on me. Maybe it's just my own paranoia yeah. that's thinking that because the first couple of times I, I remember feeling uncomfortable and feeling as though I had to share. So I'd be walking out and I, I got to go pick up my daughter now. I got to, you know, relieve my mom from my daughter. And people would kind of look at me like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized, I think that was more me. So I got more confident to just own it. And when it was four, 
just walk out with my head held high and go like, see you guys tomorrow. I love that. I know so many people who, when they do leave early or have other obligations, they like will literally sneak out of the office. And I'm like, that sucks that you can't like be open about what you're doing because this fear of judgment. And just like you said, if your performance is great, your numbers are great, who cares what time you leave? And honestly, I mean, I was also very fortunate to work for a very fantastic team that was super understanding of my new life as a mom and also my working schedule. And I think what was really cool too was I, oftentimes when, when women you know, leave on maternity leave, I think part of the fear that a lot of people don't speak up about is they're afraid that it puts a pause on their career and their trajectory. And what was great was when I came back from maternity leave, my boss and my boss's boss asked to have lunch with me and they synced with me and they preemptively, proactively shared with me, Mel, nothing has changed for you. I know you've been gone. I'm in maternity leave, but your career pathing stands in place as well as the timeline and, you know, the initiatives that you're going to own. So don't worry about that. And That's, that was such a relief. What a gift. I mean, I feel like that should be part of this package of like reintegration back into the office. The idea of bosses and even your boss's boss taking time out of their day to just reassure you like we've still got you hope you had a nice time we're here for you to support you that that's huge that's huge and that's why I want to call out that I was fortunate to work with a team that was incredibly supportive and had the self-awareness to realize hey when she comes back she might have this concern so let us alleviate that and we'll surface that up in conversation because we recognize that maybe she might be uncomfortable to share. And it was just so cool because that literally didn't even really register in my thought. They brought it up at the very beginning of the conversation where I'm like, wow, instantly caused yeah. a, a relief. And it was a sense of calm where I'm like, okay, someone did think about this yeah. for me and they have my back. And they did, you know, when I was out, you know, I run a sales team, you know, they stepped in and covered and managed my team. So I'm super, super appreciative of that. Mm -hmm. And it further propels me to share these stories that there are good environments mm -hmm. and office cultures out there that support this, which is why, to my point earlier, during the interview process, if you're finding that you're wanting to withdraw do that reflection to figure out if it's your own insecurities or fears, or is it truly because you observe something in the interview process where it's triggering something, your spidey senses, because maybe that's not the right company for you. Right. Well, and I also love that, you know, this conversation you had with your boss and your boss's boss really just shows how important empathy is in leadership. I mean, I think it's the number one most important quality in a leader is to have that empathy and to think about what your employees are going through as opposed to Mel's back, throw her back in. We really needed her. And, and so let's just get her back on board. But the fact that they're making it so you don't have to have those uncomfortable conversations, it's huge. I know from experience, a lot of times when it's clear, for example, in that interview I had where I wanted to know what the parental benefits were, I was in such an uncomfortable position because I had to ask and I was so uncomfortable that I didn't ask. And it's like, if they were more transparent and empathetic, it yes. would have made me feel like, wow, this place has really got my back and they're thinking about me. So I want to switch gears a tiny bit. 
And I'd love to get your thoughts on paternity leave or secondary parental leave, um, because I know a lot of times the focus is all on the mother or the primary parent, but obviously having your husband, Jess, around during that time was probably huge on an emotional and physical level. So I'd love to get your take on what it was like having him home and what what that time period was like and what your thoughts were on that. For Jess, what was interesting was we both switched opportunities roughly around the same time. And maternity and paternity leave were both kind of a concern for us when we switched opportunities. And I was really fortunate that my company granted me my company's maternity leave even though they didn't have to, because I think the regulation is you got to be with the company for a year before you qualify for their maternity leave benefits. But I was fortunate that they granted me the whole thing. For Jess's case, it wasn't like that. So he actually had to take vacation to go on maternity leave. So he took two weeks off around the same time when I delivered Zoe. So we had those two weeks together. But after that, then he went back to work, which was really, really hard, which is why I immediately called my mom and dad because figuring out all new life, how do I keep this little nugget alive and also healing and, you know, going through all the motions of, oh man, now I'm attached to this little baby and I'm also attached to this pump at the same time. And how do I juggle all this? Do I shower, eat or nap? And she's sleeping like these are now the life choices of, her, of a mom after you give birth I just needed like help so that was really really hard and we timed it so that after I was done with my maternity leave then Jess got to take his uh, paid family leave which was the California benefit that we get so he was at least fortunate to get that so we didn't really get to spend that much time together during the working days right. because we wanted to postpone Zoe having to go to a nanny or a daycare as long as we can so we strategically timed it so that I took roughly my four months and then he took his month and then we put her with originally a daycare but then it ended up being like a nanny got it got it what were those two weeks what was the impact of the two weeks on Jess like the idea of welcoming his first child into this world probably being exhausted and then immediately having to leave you guys at home and go to this new job. It was hard. I mean, he obviously wanted to spend more time with us and not have to go back to work that quickly, but he had an obligation. And also he had concerns too, where he was just with the company at the time for, I believe, either five or six months too. So those were concerns that we had where I'm like, we both started new opportunities. Yes, this is what we signed up for. But at the same time, we want to be in good standing with the company. So I completely understood why he didn't ask for more time off and he went back to work. But honestly, for paternity leave, I mean, the dads are going through a huge life change too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I might be on the more progressive side where I'm all about equal opportunities and there should also be you know, equal amount of time off for the dad because they're going through this huge transition. And there also should be some type of transition and integration plan back for the dads too. Because if they're going to take extended periods of time off, then someone needs to be covering for them and someone needs to be keeping up with all the changes that the department has made so that when he comes back, they can help him get up to speed and also be a little bit more flexible to what his schedule will look like. Because again, it's a partnership. And even though the mom is the one that gave birth to the baby, 
the dad is so involved a lot and their change. <laughs> I mean, I almost feel bad because everyone was just like catering to me, like Mel, Mel, Mel. She's the one that gave birth and I'm like treated like the queen and he's kind of like the one, the squire washing the bottles <laughs> every two hours. Totally. I mean, my husband's company has no parental leave policy. He has to use PTO and then go back to work. And navigating that has been challenging. I mean, I literally say to him, I'm like, I love my mom. She's one of my best friends, but I don't want to raise my child with my mom. I want to raise my child with my husband. So figure it out. (laughs) I know you've given such great advice to women who are either pregnant or interested in starting families and navigating this world of career changes and things like that. Just to kind of wrap things up, do you have any last thoughts or pieces of advice or wisdom that you'd want to share And also, if you had to do it all over again, would you do anything differently? No, I don't think I would do anything differently because I'm a huge proponent of don't live life with any regrets, just look Mm -hmm. forward. And I, again, am very, very fortunate and grateful that everything laid out the way that it did because I was able to celebrate the birth of my first child, uh, take on a new job, which was exciting because it definitely did impact, you know, wanting to go back to work too, because it was a new company that I was invested in. And then also coming back to a really supportive team. So my advice to women would be to advocate for yourself because no one's going to advocate more for you than yourself and your new family now. So if you're thinking about starting a family, think about the little one to keep in mind. And Zoe honestly was a lot of that feel for me, right? I want to think about what type of world and environment I want to set up for my daughter Mm. and what kind of example am I setting if I don't speak up and share what I need for support and for help, but also for my new reality, which is I'm a working mom and companies need to be more flexible with this. And I can prove I can do both. Well, not only are you working mom, but you're like a badass, proud working mom. And honestly, like such a beautiful inspiration to working women out there. I know I look up to you so much and I'm constantly inspired by what you're doing. And I I'm very much looking forward to having you be part of my support system in the next couple of months because I'm going to be texting you nonstop like, Mel, what the hell is this? <laughs> so I'm so excited for you. And <laughs> no there. question is too far-fetched for you to ask. Literally, I can't tell you how many late nights at 3 a.m. have I been Googling the most random questions <laughs> and thinking no one else has thought of this, but literally it'll link to another mommy's forum where another mom probably at 4 a.m was thinking the same shit it's ridiculous well i'm excited and terrified and enthusiastic about the journey and i just really appreciate you being so candid and open and honest about all of this because i think there's so many women out there who just really need to hear it so thank you so much of course anytime girl i gotcha